Thank you for joining the ESBC Podcasting Network. And since uh, these are crazy times, we're combining both podcasts in the I Love South Orange County podcast. That it's, it, we have really good, we got, I, I believe we have the best content out there and the most educational content. And it's because we're not beholden to any agenda. And anybody usually that comes on a podcast is only beholden to uh, their wives or their clients, right? There's nothing that really goes beyond that. So we're able to give people as much information as possible, right? Without any interference. And now for the third time, we've had two very, very popular podcasts. Thank you for listening and sharing it with all your friends and neighbors to be able to organically have that many downloads. We have Sean Gordon from, uh, and thinking about it, when people see Sean Gordon on the title, <laughs> a lot of downloads, right? Compared with the other ones from Rancho Santa Margarita, right? And I always ask this question, Sean, who the heck are you and, and why should we listen to anything you say? <laughs> So I've lived here since 98. Um, as someone the city council like to point out, I am a two-time failed city council candidate. I ran for uh, Republican Central Committee recently. I also did not win that. Um, for me, it's a matter of there are things I want to get done. Right. And either I can sit and complain and not do anything, or I can do something. And I've um, written up you know, detailed proposals and gotten quotes and provided those to the city council where they'll look at and go, oh, neato, and then nothing ever happens. So, you know, how can you get something to happen? And I think a lot of people in power and COVID and the riots are really showing how feckless most of these people are. They're completely ill-prepared, you know, for what's going on. They're just kind of sitting there at their part-time gig and collecting that sweet unemployment or you know sweet not a pension fund some of these guys have quarter million to half million dollars in those funds from being on these part-time gigs on city councils for so many years so really i'm sort of cursed with um how what do you want to call it this is why i'm good at what i do in technology because i'm good at seeing a big picture i'm good at seeing disparate parts and how they connect and mesh and coming up with uh, solutions to problems so, uh, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because I'm extremely good at it, but I find myself kind of perpetually bemused when I explain something that I think is really clear and neutral and right, right. people start calling me this or that. And it's like, I have no personal, um, you know, involvement in that. I'm presenting data. And right, right. so in this case, you know, we're, we went right from the virus is gonna kill us to nobody cares and you know either they're burning down their cities or they're you know out there with signs um so i've had a couple of very specific thoughts on it and they are generally neutral they're observational and i've been getting called every name in the book because of it so uh it's interesting oh yeah no it's very interesting and and, uh i was explaining to independently wealthy lawyer the restaurant i had and i and i said you know, those, putting those things together with, are easy. And the guy was like, no, they're not. They're not easy. You put some complicated factors together, right, to come mm-hmm. up with a result. 
And I think uh, that's where you and I mind melt. And another way you and I mind melted, because we haven't even met each other in person, but we've had <laughs> right. <laughs> organically with no advertising, incredibly popular podcast. And the yeah. reason we connect, besides having a con common enemy, is that <laughs> salesmen think short term, and both you and I have owned businesses and own businesses. Mm -hmm. Salesmen think short term, businessmen think long term, right? Yeah. We're going to discuss a couple problems, and you just, uh, you, uh, discuss COVID-19, so we're going to uh, feed two birds with one stone. We're going to go through the numbers, and I think they updated it yesterday. We'll go through the COVID-19 bogus numbers that we're getting from Orange County Healthcare Agency. Yeah. But you and I, really, when you get to the heart of what we agreed on and kind of analyzed independently, but mm -hmm. we both came up with the same result, is that uh, – the local leadership, right, in both our city councils here in Lake Forest and Rancho Santa Margarita and larger in the Orange County Republican Party were engaging in, be and I think, I mean, one of the blessings of the pandemic and this crisis is that it's yeah. exposing uh, minor league players and minor league people. As a, and we can say that because we are old and we see these people for years at city council meetings, at the grocery store, so on and so forth. So we can say that these are minor league, weak-minded people and they're yeah. being exposed by these crises. And we didn't think it was gonna happen like this, but I think it accelerated what you and I independently saw throughout. And really we've known each other about three years now, time flies, but we've been, been processing already? the same information. Jeez. <laughs> Time flies, man. <laughs> well, you look good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating. Oops. Uh, because it it just does become a sales job. It's like, how how can you manipulate emotions and behavior and channel in a direction you want it to go to get right. into power? You know, but why do you want to be in, in power? There's people who want power for the sake of power and they become uh, abusive or drunk with it. Right. And you see that from the politicians to some police, a very small number of police. I know some great ones, but believe me, I, I grew up with an abusive racist cop stepdad. And, and oh, wow. You know, so I've, I've seen, I can't even repeat the language I used to hear him and his friends engage in. So it's, it's a tough, thing for me because I have friends who are wonderful uh, law enforcement officers that Absolutely. do seriously. And then and a lot of my, my friends who are in law enforcement are going to listen to the podcast. Yeah. And then you've got this small minority and, and I still contend now, even as racist as my stepdad was, um, I still think a lot of it is not necessarily driven by race. I think race is a symptom of the larger problem, which I call othering. Um, right. They are other than me. They're outside of my tribe. Your tribe might be white, it might be black, it might be Muslim, it might be Catholic. It might be that you both love death metal or you, know, you like interpretive dance, but that becomes your tribe and it will cross, you know, it will cross any of these other boundaries depending on what it is. Because I have a long history in the music business. So a right. lot of my friends are musicians. Musicians tend to be more liberal. You get screwed out of a Grammy, if I, if I remember. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was a fair vote, but I did make it to the <laughs> um, 
I, I've got a new song I'm going to submit this year that I just finished. But um, nice. yeah, so I, I think the larger issue is the othering. And I see right. white people in Rancho Santa Margarita as recently as three months ago making bigoted comments about Mormons. Right. And, you know, nobody loses their noodles over that. In the history of Mormons in the United States, the governor of Illinois signed a death order for every man, woman, and child right. back in the 1800s. And the pre President Buchanan sent the military to wipe them out shortly after they got to Utah. And what kind of stopped it was having to bring the military back because of the Civil War. Right. Um, yeah, I might have a couple of the names there wrong, but that's essentially, that was kind of what happened. So we had everything stolen from us. My great-grandfather was part of that, um, and great-great-grandfather as well. So, you know, when you talk about privilege or this, that, or the other, I've been physically attacked. I've been spat upon. I've had my Bible dropped because I said that was one, that was a King James Bible, but it was one that, you know, my church had published because it's right. cross-referenced. An evangelical Christian dropped it. So I've been on this other side of discrimination even today, you know, and people screaming at me, oh, you're here, you are talking through your privilege. I've, I've never gotten privilege ever. <laughs> you know, everything I did, I worked for. I, I was kicked out when I was 17. You know, I put myself through computer school after I dropped out of college. Um, so, um, you know, I've never gotten yeah, out of no, it. Yeah, and, and, and you've done a great job of describing the problem, right, from your point of view. And I think last night we did a great podcast with uh, the three guys on our sports betting. And all three of us looked at – and it was a great exercise. All three of us looked at the Drew Brees interview last night. Okay. And we gave our perspectives. And I said beforehand, all three of us. Uh, my grandfather used to say, there's never, there isn't a lie or a truth. It's all your point of view, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I knew that all three of us, and, you know, they do it as kids with the phone. All three of us are going to look at it differently, okay? And you've done a great job of describing the problem, right? Is that, that one person looks at white privilege right yeah through a different prism than what you or my wife who is also white middle class would but people don't do their research i've done my research right on mormonism and she's southern baptist independent baptist independent baptist southern baptists are more racist per se than mormons mormons are actually known for not being racist <laughs> <laughs> and including people from all over the world in their church, right? Right. And this, I'm, I have, I'm sharing the screen right here on the triple packet, right? I'm assuming that this is a book that you and I would both mutually like, right? And it's written okay. by Amy Schumer, right? And Judge Rutherford. Now, Amy Schumer, the, the reason I started researching her, oh, a picture pops up. Is because what she used to do is that girls that looked like supermodels, they came into clerk at Princeton Law School, she fed them to uh, Brett Kavanaugh because Brett Kavanaugh liked attractive uh, interns, right? Uh, so I started reading the book, The Triple Package. So I'm Cuban, Cuban heritage, born in the United States. Actually, I'm not Cuban. I'm American. I was born in the United States. I'm an American. 
There you go. I have a Cuban background. And this book states that per capita income on their research, the two groups that have the most money are number one, Mormons, and number two, Cubans. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see uh, Cuban Mormons how much money per capita they have. <laughs> well, you know, the world's most popular first name is Muhammad, and the world's most popular last name is Chang. However, there's virtually no Muhammad Changs walking around. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so you've done a great job of describing the problem. And I hate to do this to you, but I think you're going <laughs> to do a great job on this. We're going to go back to this and come back with solutions, right? Okay. But I wanted to run through because I'm curious. People hear every day my take on the number. I want to hear what your take on the numbers are. Because I know you can do this real quick. Sure. And uh, people can check the past ones to see how uh, yours differs from my, my, my view on it. All right? So right here, we're looking at yesterday's data, right? Right. And, and you made a great description in the beginning because it, it fits in with, I have a podcast, financial podcast on Tuesday with an options trader, real smart guy who's like you, ahead of the curve, early adopter guy. And I think you have Grammys. Do you have a patent on things? Uh, no, my dad's got like 50 patents, but I've never That's interesting. That's interesting because I got on uh, Tuesday has two patents because he's patented uh, things in the financial world. So it's interesting. You guys think alike, right? You provide uh -huh. the data and then you come up with the answer. However, right, this is a real life situation here because sure. when you have faulty data, right, most likely you're going to get uh, a faulty conclusion. So these numbers, in my opinion, are bogus, right? Because number one, you're missing one hospital. There's 26 hospitals, and for whatever reason, one hospital is not reporting, refuses to report. I would get a court order, since we're in a pandemic, and, and force them to report the numbers. But that's, they're not reporting the numbers. That's then, weird. Which, which hospital is that? Uh, I'm going to find out exactly what they are. I, I remember... Um, Seeing it, it's on the healthcare website, so I'm gonna make okay. sure I have it and I'll, and I'll send it to you. And I'll put it in the episode notes. Okay. But my mind just kind of blew when I saw that they refused to report. Well, here, here's my problem. Well, I mean, the numbers as as a standalone data set. So, like the city I'm in, RSM, there's you know 48, 49,000 people. There's 21 cases, no okay. deaths. That that's not even a statistical, you know. It doesn't even count as a statistical anomaly. Right. It's so low. And then these numbers, um, there's about, what is it, 650 or so ICU beds in Orange County. Right. Those numbers currently in ICU is about double what it was a month ago. But that's okay. still, you know, 20% of capacity. We still have plenty of capacity. Right. Uh, Orange and County we have 5,000, what is it, 5,500 hospital beds? Yeah, yeah, thereabouts. And we've got you know 3.2 million people so right. even if you so they say 6700 cases um but what that doesn't tell us is how much were symptomatic how many were asymptomatic what the degree of infection was and as a, a data guy the way that you can do something productive with this information is to not exploit it one direction or another you know count right. over count etc because what you want to know is where they came from, underlying health conditions, 
you know, onset, you know, environment, every piece of data that you can get. Because what I understand is something like half the deaths are nursing homes, which is frightening. Uh, you know, but we saw in New York where they're putting yeah, it's that, it's that as much. Um, and, and we'll go through it like my normal process so people can compare and contrast, right? So I'll start mm -hmm. with, you know, these are how many cases we've had, right? You right. have deaths, 158. So these are known cases. So I would go 158 divided by 6678 would be 2.3%. Nationwide is 5%. Worldwide is 8%, right? Right. So the cumulative numbers would be more important, right, than the daily numbers. But you track the daily numbers just because Dr. Fossey, Trump, everybody tells us to track the daily numbers so we know what's going on. Right? We're being, and you and I are like good civic guys. So 137 cases, eight deaths today, right? right. So that would be eight divided by 137. That's about 6% death rate today. Now, how many of those are from nursing homes? So all eight of them are from nursing homes using the numbers from yesterday. So that's 100%. <laughs> so your 50% yeah. number, even though it was lower than that, 100% today brings it closer to that, right? The other part of it is, and then you make a great point about these tests. Who took these tests? Were they, were they asymptomatic people? Were they symptomatic people? Da, da, da. They're not telling us. So out of 945 tests, 137 cases, right? So it's 137 divided so, by 9. 13%. Yeah, 14%. So you look at the cumulative numbers, which would be 6, 6, 7, 8 divided by 148, 43, around 5%, which would match the world and nationwide numbers. But if people, if people are only getting tested because they don't feel well, right. then that's an incredibly low percentage. But that 140,000 number as a percentage of 3.2 million people in Orange County right. is what, like 3%? Yeah. You know, it's, these are tiny. And what I would like to see, I mean, I'd love to go get that antibody test myself. And I keep hearing right. how these testing facilities are just sitting there, nobody's coming in. And it's like, okay, well, I, I'd like to get an antibody test. I felt off for the first couple of weeks when we were locked down. You know, w was I sick? I I'd be curious to know. Right. No, yeah. I, I was sick in uh, December with all those symptoms and stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was pretty bad for three weeks because I've never been sick for three weeks before. So I was sick for three weeks. And, I, I, and now they're saying, same for saying that it was here in December. So, and I, and I think, right, and I think you agree, since we all know these numbers are bogus, if you're going to add a number, have it be relevant number, but for whatever reason, people wanted to put in the recovery number. But since you're not doing the whole 3.2 million, it's not really any good, but okay, they put it in, people complained. So they put it in, so you have uh, 28 so what, what's and the no recoveries. What was the cumulative reported deaths. cases? Yeah. So, so out after, of... So 6678 is the cumulative cases? Right. 
So does that mean there's 4,000 people who are still sick? No, they don't know because they haven't tracked it because they're not doing their job and they're incompetent over there at the Andes. So the only thing you can maybe do is 158 that we know of, right, are dead. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you would take uh, – so what they're saying, these are known cases. So you have uh, – these are known cases. So out of the known cases, 158 are dead that we know. And really that number, because the Chinese communist people have their own morgues, their own hospitals. They're not yeah. reporting to the U.S. government in Irvine, which I, I would make that illegal. If I was king for the day, I'd be, I don't care. You have a morgue in the U.S., you have to report. If you don't, I'll report. I'm deporting everybody in there. But that's just <laughs> me. <laughs> so it, it, so 5.6% 5, 5 of the known cases end up dead which you compare it to the normal flu, which is, you know, 0 0.001. So that makes it uh, 56 more times more deadly than the Except flu. Except you just said an operative who, word. Who these people are, right? You, may, you, uh, you said an operative word, which was known cases. Right. You know, if, if you were to get the antibodies, say it turned out that 2 million out of the 3.2 million in the county actually ended up having the disease and you know never really showed because you do the antibody test then it turns out that death rate is you know just statistical noise it's not even doesn't even apply and that's why it's but, important but it's a return to the mean though right if because that's the thing here where we have to do our own reporting and kind of lean on our education so in statistics you always look for a return to the mean for me in sports yeah. betting right one right. of the things that have made me more most money wagering on games is returned to the mean, where a team has won five games in a row, the other team has lost five games in a row. So yeah. The team that lost five games in a row is mad. The team that's won five games in a row is complacent. I get better market value on the, on the team that has lost five games in a row, and I call that a, a return to the mean game, right? Yeah. Where the 5-0 and o team isn't really a 6-0 and o team. There are 5-1 and one team, and the 0-5 team is really a 1-5 and five team. And they end up beating or come close because you get a line, right? They come close to beating. I mean, the only really relevant numbers to me personally is how many people are hospitalized because it's bad enough to be hospitalized. Right. And how many are dying. Right. Uh, because everything else, you, you're looking at this number in a vacuum. Right. If you say there's 6,500 people that have had it, that's in a vacuum of not having tested 3.2 million people. Right. So it's not, you know, it, it gives you a number, but it's not useful for doing much. Right. And, this, and, and right, the numbers you said are, are um, relevant, right? Yeah. Uh, I kind of skip over because they're scary, right? And I'll, I'll do it for people. So, But look, less the, than the, half, less than right. half are ICU. Right. And that's good. Good and bad. I mean, because you say the normal flu is 0 0.001, and you're saying that 43% of these people um, are, you know, one foot in the grave and the other one in a banana peel. So, but, but what and, is and this the is the thing. I know Alabama was the only guy, right, the only healthcare guy that I listened to that said uh -huh. exactly what somebody in ICU is. He says, in Alabama, somebody in ICU is somebody who has to breathe with a ventilator. So what does ICU mean? Somebody that needs an, uh, a ventilator in Orange County, what does it mean? That's what I would ask the healthcare guy. 
So what does it mean that somebody's in ICU? That they're really sick and they might need a ventilator, so they have one next to them. So if they need it, they give it to them. Or is it somebody already on? Yeah, actively a on so a ventilator. And what is what is the demographic of the people who are going into ICU and going on ventilators? Right. You know, is it is that ninety five percent people out of the um, uh, nursing homes? You know. Well, this this is a very interesting, relevant number uh, to your point. We'll, we'll do that first then, uh, because you mentioned it, and then we'll go back, because this is the only number out of all these numbers, right? And I'm skeptical of a lot of the numbers, because for whatever reason, they're exactly 50% of the worldwide numbers. It's almost like somebody is manipulating them to be a certain way. And remember, we don't have one hospital report. So you have yeah. cases by sex, right? Normal distribution, 51% male, 48% female. But then you look at this, right? And again, uh, incompetency and craziness rears his ugly head. They don't know what 1% of the people's sex are. I mean, they're, they're medical people. <laughs> you should know what the dead body, what sex they are. I don't know. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And I follow a lot of crime and morgues and coroners. So I'm going to contact a coroner and say, how do you not know whether the person has a penis or a vagina? I, you know, when they die. So anyway, worldwide, the deaths are between 70 to 60% male. And in Orange County, it was 59%. It's gone down a touch to 56, 43, mostly males that die of COVID-19 in Orange County, and then the, the total number mirrors worldwide, which is 80% of the people are 62 and over with underlying conditions. Yeah. 20%. It's, it's pretty much an even distribution all the way down to around uh, 46 years old. So you, you can almost say that from 46 on up, you have... 85 to 90% of the people dead. And yeah. 56% uh, male. The mirror is the worldwide number. Well, we have more equality in the United States, so that's why the women are dying at a higher rate. <laughs> right. I'm but, sure that's uh, going to tick off somebody. Right, right. <laughs> so one, one pet peeve. Uh, and then we'll go to the cities, and then we'll go to the solution on race. Is that Don Wagner said that the uh, that we have flattened the curve? And if, from a finance guy, this is not flattening the curve. This is a normal distribution of 150 without one hospital reporting. So you don't have all the data. So the flattening of a curve, there's no flattening of any curve. It's, a, it's actually a trending line going up. And then we go to the bogus number of people in our hometowns. So Lake Forest is, and that's, this is why you have to do your research, people, right? Lake Forest is eight miles long, two miles wide, 16 square miles, big spike up to 68 people, but doesn't stop there. Tribuco Canyon is 16 people. One of city council folks puts Tribuco Canyon as their home for the application for city council. 
So if you have a city council person who lives in, in uh, annexed Lake Forest, Tribuco Canyon, my opinion is the Tribuco Canyon numbers should be added to the Lake Forest numbers. You can disagree with that, uh, Sean. Am I thinking rationally there or am I off? I mean, I, I would, I would say probably we have a similar situation here in Rancho where there's unincorporated chunks around us. I think the Tribuco Canyon numbers have been lumped in with Rancho even right. at times. And I guess we're at 23 people now. But what's interesting, looking at these numbers, look at Santa Ana. Like, right. what the hell? <laughs> Just huge. Huge, huge number. Huge number. So the way I look at it, and let me know what your thoughts are. So you look at 68 and let's see Tribuco Canyon's up to 16. So that would be 84 people, 16 square miles. You have 5.2 people per square mile. So these are people that are blowing COVID-19 into the air. Who are these people? Where do they live? How many of these people have actually died? Are they going around with no masks, touching everything, right? We don't know. Well, I think we also don't have a good handle on the efficacy of masks. First they tell us no, then they tell us yes. Then it's every, any damn thing you put on your face is okay. <laughs> we know just from a scientific point of view that that's not the case. So I think people are walking around with a false sense of security by throwing any random thing on their face when there, there's absolutely no efficacy to it. So I, you can argue this one in circles all day long. You know, for myself, yeah. I feel pretty comfortable these days. If a place asks me to wear a mask to come in, I'll wear a mask. You know, they're asking me to do it. Um, right. If they don't ask me, then I won't. Right. Yeah. Craziness. Craziness. So, you know, that's, that's as much as we can do with the data we're given. And then uh, what I'll close with that, that does Rancho Sanger Margarita have 46,000 people? That was the last census, right? Um, that's about 49,000. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys have 23 known cases. Doesn't seem right. Um, I mean, we're fairly isolated, right? People don't come to visit Rancho. And, you know, people did a, a good job about staying in place and, People have done a pretty good job about, um, you know, wearing masks, uh, you know, if there's any efficacy to it. Right. I, mean, I, see, I saw a guy riding his bike, and he's wearing rubber gloves, you know, the surgical gloves, riding his bike, and a mask. And people with masks, what do you think about people with masks in their cars? Well, I saw a dude uh, on the freeway going to the office the other day, convertible, top down, wearing a mask. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a virologist. Uh, right. But uh, I, I, I think, you know, now we've got the maskers and the anti-maskers and the shaming and, uh, you know, if you, I, and we were very careful when this all started. Right. Um, you know, my family and I, and it's like, let's find out more. My wife's a scientist. I'm very logical. She's very logical. You know, we were looking at all the numbers and, you know, how it's spread and percentages. And we're like, okay, you know, let, let's, 
let's carefully evaluate this. But if you have, I saw a guy complaining that people were at the lake walking and weren't wearing masks because his wife is, has a compromised immune system. And he's, you know, shaking his finger at everybody. And it's like, dude, first of all, I don't believe his wife does because people always use that as a virtue signaling way to shame people into certain behavior. Right. But if she does, why did you go walk where everybody is? There's all these hills around here. Go walk where the people aren't. Right. Yeah. Especially Rachel Santa Margarita. So, yeah, yeah and we'll, we'll close with this. We'll circle back to race, right? And we were talking before, both you and I are 5'7". So the highest form of discrimination is highest. Yeah. <laughs> Many different forms of discrimination and white privilege, right? So three questions to finish. Okay. There's been a shift, right? And to be honest, I felt the shift during the pandemic. Because there's been a shift in the economy because I think a perfect illustration is the TCA, right? So when the <laughs> pandemic hits, the head of the UCA runs for the hills, right? To use your analogy. And, and I think you might agree with me. It's because he knows an audit's coming because the, the, the house of cards has fallen on the economy because these people have stolen so much money unfurtered. If it's not, it's, it, I love Michelle out there. She should listen to the podcast. But if it's not, and I don't even have any, I've met Michelle maybe once at a city council meeting. Um, but if it's not Michelle, Sean, or Josh, there was nobody really going at the TCA, all the stealing they were doing, right? So I knew yeah. the shift was coming where, and Trump kind of said it. He said, hey, I did the tax cut, but you guys did the buybacks and you undercut me, right? You're supposed to use the tax cut to reinvest in the economy and the business. And they didn't do that. So the recession was coming. Winter was coming, right? The guys in the other podcast were like, wow, you know, no, I don't. Recession's coming five, seven year cycles. And there's so much, because the TCA corruption is happening in Milwaukee and Miami. It's happening all over the country because yeah. people aren't paying attention, right? So that's right. number one. So the shift is when, and I didn't know, and, and uh, Drew Brees talked about awareness or whatever. I, I'm guilty of because I did not pay attention to the Brianna Taylor murder, right? Where she's an EMT, hardworking woman, oh, yeah, mess yeah. with anybody, they come in and they gun her down. Yeah. That was upsetting a subset of people. I love true crime and I like researching from the beginning to the end. I still do not know the details of Ahmad. Arbery, who got murdered himself. And right when I said, okay, let me start researching the details of this, you know, and another, we'll get to solutions, but one of my solutions I feel is research. So yeah. I'll call down to the courthouse in Georgia and get papers myself, doing my own research of what the hell is going on. Yeah. Right when I was about to do that, George Floyd hits, right? Uh, so the way it's been related to me, and we have it, uh, we have a diverse podcast. I agree 50% of the time with my wife. So <laughs> that's how I know somebody's being honest with me when they disagree with me, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's what I hate about these city councils where everybody's agreeing 100% of the time. It's like, come on. You guys are way, not only are you corrupt, you're irresponsible adults. So Matt Bird from Florida, because regionalism is actually one of the biggest forms of 
discrimination, heights and regionally. He was like, we're done with it, right? Uh, no more Martin Luther King, no more Malcolm X, no more Kennedy Brothers, no more Rodney King, no more Diallo, no more Eric Garner. We're done. The shift is you can't just not be racist. You have to be anti-racist. And when people talk about race war, then they say, we're going to be at war with people who aren't outwardly non-racist. So that's, that's a shift. And it hit Drew Brees hard yesterday. No, oh, okay. That's question number two. I think those are two good ones. <laughs> we can unpack. Because well, I know you're busy. Well, you, you went down a whole lot of different paths, but yeah. maybe, I, maybe I can kind of summarize it up and maybe I'm off. You can take me off track, take, get me back on track. I, I feel like if you look at everything through the prism of race, then you can find um, racism anywhere. But the underlying factor could easily be something else. I mean, when this cop uh, killed George the other day, right. I, you know, I was on that story when it happened. It, it took a while before uh, it got ahead of steam on it, but right. I was commenting on it and watching it, and I had friends go immediately calling it racism. I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, there's so many things wrong with what's happening here that are obvious that to bring in racism when we don't know what's in this guy's you know, mind, he doesn't seem to have a soul or a heart, but we don't know what's in his well, mind. The way he looked at the camera was very, very, very chilling. No, it was disturbing. But you look at the group that was involved. There were three guys on him and one guy standing there. Only two of the guys were white, you know. So in, in the one, in the one that had the most relationship with him was his brother-in-law, which was the Asian guy. Do we know that's his brother-in-law? I don't want to. Yeah, know. yeah. Well, she divorced him right away. Yeah, yeah, I that's saw that. So if the guy's got an Asian wife, I, I you know, maybe he doesn't like black people but he's clearly not a general racist, you know, or a xenophobe in well, that regard. Has, this, this is the crazy part about it, right? All the people that he murders, he has been involved, not murders, I don't know, that's me going too far. The people who have ended up dead and him being on the scene and having participated in their death are Native American, Hispanics, and african-american now that could be that he's a serial killer and he had the whatever he had the opportunity right and he has a vehicle to kill a bunch of people so it could be that he's a serial killer and not necessarily like a racist so we don't know i'm just saying we're just like you said we're just providing data well i think a big problem with this guy and this, this goes to the problem in general and it, it goes to the police unions Right. Because they're there to protect, they protect the good cops and the bad cops. And, and you see the same thing in teachers unions. You cannot get rid of a bad teacher, you know, right. and the more tenured they are. And, and so it's a very similar thing. So this guy had plenty of excessive force complaints on his record. I think it was 13, 18, something like that. Right. But why did he get past three? Right. Uh, you know, so you've got training and then you've got transparency. So, like the body cam footage, why is it so hard to get? Why does it take so long to get out? When LAPD was first putting the cameras up, you had cops up there tearing the antennas off their own cars so it wouldn't report back. Those right. are the guys you fire immediately, you know, because uh, the police that I know, they're happy for them. It's like, this is great. Now it's not he said, he said, or whatever. Here's 
proof. And sometimes you got contextual problems because you can't really see necessarily. But in general, it removes the guessing game because you've got a dash cam going, you got body cam going, you got multiple views going, you should have audio going at all time, and you should be glad for it because it will prevent any um, lie from perpetuating. And don't take so long to get that information out, like the whole hands up, don't shoot. Like that never happened, and they're still saying it happened. And I think, uh, it, and now that I think about it, we need to get together and make sure this happens, because I think, uh, because we have a good body of work, you, I, and Michelle, right? And we can tie this out to the first podcast you and I did. Yeah. Before all this, right? Uh, you had, uh, I think it was either Dana Point, someone down there, a uh, city council person, when it came up the vote for the sheriff's, got her person left, right? Because the same thing happens in Rancho Santa Margarita, and same thing happens in Lake Forest, where corrupt uh, shady local politicians with racketeering rings, uh, to your point that you just made, lay down to the police union. And in Lake Forest, 60% of the budget is law enforcement. That's about ours too. And it grows every year. So they capitulate to these people because people who get involved in local politics isn't like you, a successful business person. There's somebody looking for a racket, like uh, Scott Voigt or somebody like that. What are your thoughts, John? Well, I see a lot of smoke. What I don't have is a smoking gun. And, right. you know, I can suppose a lot of things, and I, I try to steer away from making specific accusations. But you can follow a trail of breadcrumbs and come to some conclusions of what is likely going on. And what I found but interesting. I think when we can hammer it at this point, and I think it's one of the blessings of the pandemic, that you and I and somebody like Michelle, we can look at the hard data and the votes of, let's just take both our city councils, of irrational, irresponsible capitulation by the Rancho Santa Margarita City Council and the Lake Forest City Council to the Orange County Sheriff's. Specific point that I have is in our last budget here in Lake Forest. Uh, nobody knows what the revenue shortfall is gonna be with sales tax revenue and property tax revenue. Yeah. Right now we know it's $8 million in Lake Forest. Wow, ours is like one and a half million at the moment. Okay. So $8 million in Lake Forest, yet the Orange County Sheriff's budget was increased by 2%. And all the other vendors in the city are now subject to a 25% reduction in the contract. Meaning that the vendor, if they're losing money, they're just going to stop doing the work because it doesn't, because yeah. remember, right? This is where the corruption comes in. If they paid a campaign contribution or cash bribe to a city council person, uh, that's baked in into what the bid was. So now you take 25% off the top. That's why, and um, I'll cut the video. When that came down, literally, Scott voice almost vomited, his face turned red, and he left the meeting. Wow. Right? And immediately I got text from three different people. They're like, oh, <laughs> Scott did that because he has to pay back his bribes. You know? I, I don't know that we have that going on here in Rancho, really. I, I look at the campaign finance stuff, and I, I don't see payments, at least in the last four or, or five elections, 
from OCSD because we are such small. With the Sheriff's Association, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what happens? So actually, at our budget meeting, was it last week they had yeah. where they were getting updated on everything? Uh, apparently, they worked, uh, the sheriffs worked on something so that the rate of increase was only 1.5%, which my immediate question was how come we don't do that every year? You know, well, because there was no specifics as to what it was they did to keep that rate of increase down to 1.5%. But right now, what it costs any of the cities around here to have a fully staffed sheriff, so one guy 24 7, however many shifts or whatever, right, between right. equipment, salary, benefits, comes out to $1 million a year. But it seems like Rancho, uh, and we commented about this before, that I've lived in racist places where I got pulled over every week. Nine years going through Rancho, I've never been pulled over. I've never seen like any crisis. It's a peaceful community. So oh, it's a great place. I, so I think with we cutbacks some... in law enforcement nationwide, most about, and this is where I think the corruption with, uh, you know, you go from my corona on down with the, the Orange County Sheriff's is because nationwide, 95% of the law enforcement departments either cut or were flat or negative inflation. So the well, fact it... that all these cities ended up paying more money in real dollars yeah. would be a statistical anomaly. Well, the, re the rate of growth is a serious problem. And all the South, a bunch of the South Orange County cities put in money into a pool to study what they could do. And basically they all came back and said, we've got it trimmed as much as we can, but it's unsustainable. It will drive my city into insolvency within a decade yeah. if no, there are no changes because the rate of growth is outstripping our budget. But the pandemic, right, it's going to accelerate that. Yeah, I, I think we might be down to eight years now. And we don't even know what the full fallout of that's going to be. Like, say one of these the courses right there. Yeah. The course was five. And now we're there where yeah. uh, the city manager has powers to go full out Greece without sturdy measures. Yeah, we've got three car dealerships here, which is not enough. It basically, it takes our, our budget surplus and we're in a slow slide down. One of them leaves and it's going to be like this. All three of them leave. Uh, what happens? Oh, I, we're screwed. If one leaves, we're screwed. Anything right. more than one, we're screwed so fast, I mean, we'll be bankrupt. And that's just not even up for debate. They'll try to, uh, you know, if you ask, they'll say, oh, well, we're required by law to maintain a balanced budget. Yeah, but you can't. If, if the expenses are higher than the revenue, you can't. So what are you going to do? Fire the sheriffs? Because we're also required to keep a minimum level of staffing for emergency services. So something's got to give. I mean, I sent right. over two, two proposals to one of the city councilmen this morning, actually. So I, there's two big things that I can, I, one, I can definitely bring to the city, one I might be able to bring to the city. Uh, the, the one I might be able to is, it has a lot more hurdles, but both one or the other or both would be a financial windfall for the city. Got and you. You know, I don't get anything out of it. I just want my city to be safe and viable and, you know, forever. <laughs> right. No, and, and I hate uh, here in Lake Forest, no offense, just defense. Yeah. None of these people have ever had a revenue generating activity in the nine years that I've been following the city council. That's sad in the richest country capital. So what are the solutions, Sean, to the race 
issues. I know Black Lives Matter, have they already had a rally in RSM? I know they're going to have the one here in Lake Forest, four o'clock. Yeah. What are your solutions to, to, to the race problem that we described at the beginning of the podcast? I, well, Rancho, as far as I know, doesn't have a race problem, and it is predominantly white. But, uh, you know, I've... Right, but I, I would say it's not a race problem because all the times that I've been walking around Rancho, uh, I haven't had any white supremacist people throw things out of their truck, which has happened to me <laughs> in race places. Uh, everybody's nice. They look me in the eye and they smile. If I'm walking around, they wave. I've gone yeah. to the Coles there. My wife loves Coles. So for totally. nine we years, I've gone Coles once a month. Had <laughs> absolutely no problems there. So I would say that the white people in Rancho Santa Margarita have shown me nothing but love in the nice nine years. And that would be a large data sample, right? So maybe a thousand days that I've been in Rancho Santa Margarita, everybody's been extremely nice to me. And I appreciate that, right? Because yeah. not every place I've been has been there. I mean, I'm pretty colorblind in general. If you hadn't told me you were Cuban, I just frankly wouldn't have even noticed that you were other. Right. You know, I, my wife and I, we saw a movie recently and the main actor, he was uh, African-American and we were watching some review and it was talking about, oh, how great it was that there's, there's an African-American lead. And she's like, that guy was black. And, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, I guess he was. You know, it's right. like we just, we just wanted to be entertained. We don't give a crap. Nobody in this town gives a crap. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about the gathering because the kid who organized it just sort of showed up again out of nowhere. Right. And, I, and maybe I'm just being paranoid, but right. he, he shares a lot of identity with this Jackson Hinkle down in San Clemente. It was a kid that ran for city council, hardcore socialist. He's out there with Black Lives Matter, or he's out, you know, masked protesting. It was part of trying to stir up some violence. I don't know anything about this kid. He might be perfectly lovely, but there's an awful lot of people there, and the rioters and the looters hide in the protesters. So they've announced that they're there 11 to 2 every day this week, and I think the last one, there's 100, 150 people there, and they're walking around to some extent. And we did it. Uh, what location? Uh, they're in. They're on the steps of City Hall. Okay. Which actually is it's a, a tiny City Hall. Street. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that drive-by street, you know, it's just it's almost an alley. There's hardly yeah. any traffic through there. So my concern, especially if you look at what's being set up with the Lake Forest one, to walk all the way to the Lake Forest Sports Park, right past the Sheriff Department office there. Is well, they're, they're bypassing it. I mean, they might change it last minute, which usually they do, but the route they're taking uh, will was miss. Just up, yeah, wasn't that going to take them right in front of it to get to the sport park? No. no well, the, the way they're going, they're going uh, straight down uh, Lake Forest, uh, El Toro, and then boom, the sports park's there like two miles. Well, you're going up center. Oh, they're going to come they up would center. Go that way. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, the, so well, if the sports they, park is this from where they're starting yeah. at Stater Brothers, straight to the sports park versus going to where the sheriff's department is. That used to be the city hall, but yeah. they're in the back with the um, with the. Well, it's right there at Lake uh, Forest Civic Center, the new Civic Center. Now, uh, in the south, there would be in, a, <laughs> in the south, there would be jeopardized because when you go back to to the uh, to the center. There's a yeah. development and there's like a hill. So snipers could be ready to 
gun them yeah. all down and then leave. But California isn't like that. So that's well, I think that, Orange yeah. County Sheriff's Department has has been handling themselves better than most uh, in the country right now. Oh, yeah. And I, I think they're on top of it. But my concern of what they want to try to do, this is why, you know, I've kind of been suggesting keep your eyes open for caches of projectiles, you know, rocks or bricks getting stuffed into bushes around these paths. Because, you know, my fear is it will culminate on the last day with infiltrators who want to cause chaos. I'm right. not saying the kids there, you know, that's their objective or anything else. I don't think that they're well informed because they don't know enough. You know, I think it's more important to identify an issue. Here's a solution. Let's write this up. Let's propose it. Screaming, we need change. You know, it, it doesn't do anything specific. You have to provide some right. specific. Now, the, the thing that, that's happened, right, where uh, them screaming, we need change, okay, is what we face with the TCA, right? The people yeah, are yeah. tone deaf. So they yeah. feel that people are tone deaf to the to the murders of black people and people of color, right? The problem is that that's not happening in Arsene. And in Lake Forest, there's Nazi guys and there are Nazi people that go to uh, Newport Beach and there was a Nazi murder here a couple of years ago, but it's underlying, right? Because yeah. a lot of these guys are educated and they don't want to use their lives and their family. <laughs> over yeah. this but they have this sentiment and i don't think you could ever eradicate that right it's always going to be 40 percent against you 40 percent for you you can't you think about the middle yeah you can't legislate feelings all you're going to do is drive it underground right. i'd rather have it out in the open like if you're going to be that way i want to know where you are i don't want you hiding and scurrying around in the shadows right and, and i think one thing that saves this area I mean, one of the downfalls of this area, but something that saves it is that there's not really trendy high-end restaurants around here that people want to go in and steal the safe or um, give yeah, the great There's nothing around here. Maybe the car dealerships, you know? <laughs> Maybe, well, no, because there's only so far you can get away with a car. Cops will get you right away. The Target... Well, just. The yeah, target, the same, target maybe, but... maybe I think that's that's what I would have some guards at the Target or Rancho Santa Margarita, the Target in Lake Forest. You well, we got the Target, it. the Lowe's. You know, there's that Home Depot that's kind of on their route right. as well over here. Right. So yeah, I have a concern that there's there there might be bad actors who try to make use of the protests here on yeah. the last day. I also am concerned that they're using it to test the sheriff's department response in preparation for a larger action with the Lake Forest group, with that toll road there, you know, they can bring in troops, you know, from behind. Right. I mean, it's kind of conspiracy. Well, the, the one in, they hit New York, LA, and Chicago. It was very, very well organized. One, my concern would be, and it, it seems like they're rooting it out anyways, the, the internal affairs at the Sheriff's Department are the Nazi groups within the Sheriff's Department that they can strategically get away with a lot because they're on the uh, radios finding out where people are deployed right and they can kind of come up with an operation my my theory is there's too much money in the drug game right now for them to try to do another operation that could jeopardize the main cash cow right you never kill the goose that lays the golden eggs 
So my yeah. solution, I think, we'll close with this, Sean, is, you know, slight difference of opinion. I think it's great that they're protesting, and I think it's going to help you, I, and Michelle to teach people, right? And it's great that the pandemic and this has happened on top of each other because it gives us an opportunity to kind of pound into people that you are getting ripped off by the TCAs of the world, local politicians, and that you need to do your own independent research. We, you and I never said, hey, take what Josh and Sean say is gospel. We're just saying, we're giving you data right. so you can go and mine your own data and come up with your own conclusions because yeah. you have, right, really bad long-term consequences. Those long-term consequences is in people's face right now. Yep. People who are in power for too long become lazy and, uh, you know, they can become complicit. You know, if, right. if you have a secure seat, then you're not worried about oversight. If you've brushed all of the oversight out of your way, you know, then you, be, you become comfortable. And that's, that's why a high rate of turnover in these leadership positions is good. But then you get back even at a local level, much like you see in the federal government with the hired help, the city manager, the city clerk. These people can, you know, especially with these part-time city councils, they pretty right. much just rubber stamp what gets brought to them by staff. So if you have a problem with staff, that are padding their pockets, then you know it just blows past the council. So you really just need oversight and transparency. So, oversight and transparency and uh, knowledge of the constitution would be good too, right? Yeah. That uh, people that are not elected are not supposed to be making material decisions for the citizens. Per the constitution. Exactly. All right, my friend. I appreciate you having me on the show. All right. No, thank you for the tremendous amount of knowledge, and we'll do this again after the Republican convention. Always close with Winston Churchill, who's been in the news. You make a life from your work. You make, uh, you make a living from your labor, and you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the I Love South Orange County podcast and the EFBC Podcast Network. Making sure all the screens are off. Yeah, I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, I hope people enjoy it. No, I'm sure they will. It's wealth of information. Now this is the third time we did that. We had a nice, real good flow. Excellent. All right, awesome. Well, have a great rest of your day. And really, I mean it, man. You need me. I probably can be there in five, ten minutes. So take care. I appreciate it. You're a good man. All right, yeah. All right, take care. Bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. I'm the best there is.